0: Life Kit, my name is Mayowa Aina and I am a reporter and a producer. So maybe you've heard of the concept of Inbox Zero, which is this quest to get rid of the badge on your inbox that constantly reminds you how many unread emails you have. Maybe Inbox Zero is some sort of symbol of having your life together or not. <laughs> But on this episode, we're talking about Inbox Infinity. It is the opposite of Inbox Zero. (laughs) I described
1: it as just letting email messages wash over you and responding to the ones that you can,
0: but ignoring most of them. I know, my blood pressure went up too. That voice you just heard was Taylor Lorenz. She's a technology reporter for The New York Times, and she wrote an article about Inbox Infinity back in 2019. It's a short and sweet concept, and it may work for anyone looking for a different way of managing their inbox or inboxes. In Taylor's case, it's a way to start setting some boundaries and remove the expectation of constant communication altogether. We'll get into Inbox Infinity after the break. I was curious about the reception to uh, the piece, if you can think back to that and what you heard from people and whether or not people were like, this is great advice, I'm implementing this now, or... Yeah, it was two reactions, basically. Um, There was a, a bunch of people that were like, yes,
1: this is my philosophy. I never had a name for it, but I've given up on email. I think that was a lot of people just completely given up on email because it's such a broken system. Um, and then I had a lot of really angry people too. Um, people that were like, oh, you're so entitled, or oh, this is so rude, and da da da. da. And to them, I would say, you know, how, it's not rude. I, you know, it's not rude to be like, I don't have time to answer or respond or even read your emails. I get close to. Around a thousand emails a day, um, give or take. Sometimes I've gotten as many as five thousand a day. Sometimes I, one day, I even got eight thousand emails in one day. There is no possible way for me to read thousands of emails a day. There's just none, and and much less respond to them. And every time you respond to one, you get emails back. So, um, I just think that for me personally this works um if it doesn't work for you or if you're one of those people that demands a response to your email i think you should look at kind of like you know why you're thinking that way and i think even people that don't embrace inbox infinity it's good to kind of just like lessen your grip on email a little bit you know don't feel like if you don't feel like you have to respond to every single thing there's a lot of things that you can kind of miss and it's fine. Or that person will loop back in a couple of days if it's urgent. You know, it kind of like pre-filters out a lot of stuff in life.
0: Okay. So I have questions. Um, And before we dive into those, just to get into the nuts and bolts of it, how do, what are the steps? Yeah. I mean, there's
1: really just one step, which is just kind of ignore your email. Like you, the out of office responder can help. Um, Some people don't like that. Even, even having an out-of-office responder can still give the impression that you might respond or that you're aware of your inbox. It's basically just about the fact that you're accepting that there's going to be this endless growing amount of email in your inbox every day. Most of which you will never address or even see. And so I described it as just letting email messages wash over you and responding to the ones that you can, but ignoring most of them. I mean, I, I sort of just treat my inbox like a feed. Um, it's like, it's like scrolling Instagram or Twitter. Um, you know, if I see something and I happen to be online and I happen to see an email, I'll respond to it. Um, but, you know, the ones that come in when I'm not there or that I miss, I I just don't stress about it too much. Um, have I missed a couple important things? Yes. Um, but overwhelmingly, it's it's worth it for the hours
0: and hours and hours that I've gotten back. So Taylor, how did you feel once you started doing this?
1: Yeah, I felt like a weight lifted off my shoulders. When I set the out-of-office responder permanently on, I just was like, ah, one less thing for me to deal with. People were getting really aggressive on email with me. A lot of times as a reporter, people will reach out to you pitching something, and I'm like, hey, I you know, I don't cover this, right? And they'll immediately follow up with, okay, well, can you connect me with someone who does? Or can you let me know someone who does? And it's no, it's just once again, you're asking for more email. In my personal inbox, it was a little bit different. I I set the out of office responder, and I was a little nervous. Um, I was worried that like my family members or friends would be offended or annoyed. Um, again, because there is that expectation of you know, replying right away. But what I found is that I was actually totally fine. Like nobody really cared. My personal inbox away message is a little bit more um soft. It just says sort of basically, I don't check this inbox. If it's urgent, text me. Um, But it sets that, it, it sets that bar. It's basically like having people self-filter themselves and think, Just just stop and think for a second. Like, is this something super urgent that I actually need Taylor to respond to? Or can I just not bother her right now. Um and most people, I mean, I would say 99% of my friends, um they'll self-filter it out. You know, they'll be like, "Oh, you know what? I was asking her for this, but I can just figure it out on my own or I can resolve it in a different way and and not put it on my plate." And so that's been really great. I've missed a couple things. I've definitely missed a couple opportunities. I missed like a speaking opportunity once. Um I've missed a couple announcements and things like that. But overall, really nothing major has happened. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um. I think that there I I maybe have done this in a separate way where like I have an email inbox that is for all of the things that are more closely related to like junk email or like promotions or coupons or whatever. I think it's like my recovery email for my actual email <laughs> like yeah. something that i just like never check ever unless i absolutely have to and like stuff just goes there and um, to try to kind of minimize what happens in my more per- my other personal email or in my work email and um, but that seems also like a lot of things to manage uh so i don't know if that's an- another way to kind of get at the problem and um, because it sounds like beyond just getting too many emails the problem is like the way that we're communicating, like the, like you said, the system of emails is broken Like we just get too much stuff.
1: Well, also people today just like, there's this expectation of 24 seven availability and that everyone is always at your demand, you know, that, that you, there's this idea of like, oh, if someone has free time, why can't they respond to my email? Right. It's like because that person is having free time. It's just very, I think, selfish to assume that your email should like come above another person's mental well-being. Um, and I just mean that broadly for most emails, obviously not the important ones. I just have to caveat that a million times because people will be like, well, what about this or what about this? And I'm like, look, I'm speaking very generally. I just think most email is, is not useful.
0: Mm -hmm. and and just to go back to something that you said uh kind of looking at your inbox as like another feed akin to like twitter instagram Mm -hmm. Um, could you say a little bit more about that and sort of how you um what does your system kind of look like today
1: yeah um my system today is uh every couple days I will look at my inbox and kind of scan for people's names that I know. And if I know someone's name, I'll click on the email. If I don't know someone's name, I usually won't click on their email unless the subject line is interesting or um, it, it needs responding to. Um, that's my current philosophy. Um, I yeah, same with text messages. Like I just kind of check it when I check it, and the ones that I miss, I just. Assume they'll loop back if it's important. Um, one person reached out to me and they said that they they were still checking all their email, but they, they had their out-of-office office responder basically just auto-answered a bunch of common things that people email them for. So it kind of was like... I think a significant amount of their email was asking certain things or trying to get in touch with certain people, and so this this out of office responder just immediately was like, "Hi, I'm a little bit slow on email. I'm not, you know, super plugged into my inbox right now. If you're." you know, if you're emailing out for these three things, here are the resolutions or the the other, the other people that you can follow up with directly. You know, if your email does not apply to these things, just know that I'll get back to you in the next few days or something. So I think even strategies like that, it's not fully, you know, my method of inbox infinity, but it does, it does just put up a little bit, you know, it takes take the burden off you just a little bit,
0: you know? Sure. Um, I have to say I started off still as a skeptic. I wasn't quite sure <laughs> about the method, uh, but I do feel like there is some merit to—I think maybe I have have been like indoctrinated from college, and I was like, this is how professional communication works, and this is how you should— be expected to respond when you're in the workplace but I think there's something to just this idea of like communicating your expectation and then going from there and you know I think it's really for personal emails that
1: this is a, an effective strategy. I think we're all on a million sometimes personal email lists or we're just getting lots of requests or things from, you know, your kids school or whatever that you don't always need to reply to and I think um that that this works well you know in that situation it does work okay for me in my work situation because once again i get so many pitches so my email box is really just mostly spam and my editor and and work people you know we're all on slack together so we can communicate on slack so i never miss a slack message you know i'll respond to every slack message i'm totally available in that capacity so um, it works for me. I think everybody has different expectations in terms of their job or personal life and everyone's email box looks different. So I think like people should just really figure out like what works for them. But I really do advocate this idea of kind of just giving up that that tight control and and being a little bit more zen and accepting that there are things that you just sometimes won't get to during the
0: day and that's fine. Great. Well, we so appreciate your time and for uh, getting the message. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. For even more Life Kit, check out our other episodes. There's a really good one about kitchen organization for small spaces and another about time management for your whole life. And there's a bunch more on everything from money tips to parenting and health advice. You can find all of those at npr.org slash lifekit. There's also a newsletter. Just don't let it get lost in your inbox. You can subscribe at npr.org slash lifekitnewsletter. And as always, here's a completely random tip. Hi, my name is Maura Corkery. I used to be a fine dining chef. So if you're looking to make fish, then a hack for... Um, for sort of taking away that stronger fish smell, is to take your fish and then uh, thoroughly soak it in milk for several hours. So yeah, just put your fish in a container or a bag, uh, make sure that it's covered with milk, let it sit for a few hours in the fridge, take it out, rinse it off, and um, the uh, strong fish smell disappear with the milk I'm not sure why or how it works but I uh, do not question that gift horse if you've got a good tip please leave us a voicemail at 202-216-9823 or email us a voice memo at lifekit at npr.org. this episode was produced by Andy Tagle. Megan Kane is the managing producer and Beth Donovan is the senior editor Our production staff includes Audrey Nguyen and Claire Marie Schneider, and our digital editors are Beck Harlan and Nguyen Davis. I am Mayowa Aina. Thank you for listening.